Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Cameron Howard. And I'm Eric Bredo. And joining us today is Professor Rolf Jacobson, who teaches Old Testament here at Luther. Welcome, Rolf. Thanks. Great to be here. Rolf, thanks for your piece. So we're starting the series where we're asking our colleagues here at Luther what their favorite Bible passages are. And we started with you, and we started with the Psalms, which I think for a lot of people isn't the first place they might turn, except maybe for Psalm 23 or something like that. So tell us why Psalms, out of all the places in the Bible to land, why land here in particular, and why should others follow uh, in your path as well? Two different reasons for that. Uh, first of all, the Psalms make you happy. I mean, that, that, that should be why, is because your life will be better, your spiritual life will be better if you know the Psalms. You know, you're selling me. You should, you should write a self-help book. The yeah. Psalms will make you happier. I should write that. Uh, maybe I will. The uh, I mean, I have like three other books on the Psalms. Why not, why not another? You need one with your big <laughs> grinning face on the yeah. cover. Yeah, it's, it's a chicken and egg thing. My mm. specialty in Old Testament is Psalms. So uh, when you said, what's your favorite bio passage? Of course, I'm going to write about Psalms. Mm-hmm. But why? Why is my specialty Psalms? Because I like them. That's why, <laughs> right? Because I went into them. So right. it's a chicken and egg thing. But I think the... The Psalms give us the soundtrack for the mm. life of faith. Nice. They give us the words for what the faith sounds like, and it's all of life before God, and, and they're beautiful poetry. So you get Psalm 69, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I mean, hmm. who hasn't been there in life where you just felt like you were drowning hmm. in life? In the pain or the loneliness or just the stuff or the meaninglessness, everybody's been there. Yeah. Psalm 130, out of the depths. I cry to you. You know, again, it's the metaphor of drowning. But but then there's the beautiful parts of the book of Psalms. Things like, better is a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, it says in Psalm 84. Here, I'm trying to flip uh, to a, a, another uh, favorite passage in the Psalms. This one from Psalm 85. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. I mean, it's just incredible poetry speaking of the, of the beauty of God. And so that's, uh, that's why the Psalms, uh, I think everybody should know and really have memorized a verse, just a verse, not a whole psalm, about praise, a verse about the goodness of God, a verse of trust, or a, a verse of crying out. Just that Psalm 69 verse 1 is great. Mm-hmm. Save me, O God, mm-hmm. for the waters have come up to my neck. So I can't imagine the life of faith without that vocabulary. Yeah, that's one of the great things about the Psalms is not only that it gives us language for lament and we, when we are angry at God or when when we are despairing, it gives us that language, but also helps us see how to praise. I think sometimes that's harder for us. You know, we always remember to pray when we're in distress, but are less likely to do so when things are going well. But the psalmist covers all those bases. Right. I think the life of faith is the whole of life before God, mm-hmm. and that's in the, the language of the Psalms covers a pretty wide spectrum. So out of all the Psalms, you land on Psalm 30 of all places. Yeah. Like, uh, like you kept saying over and over again, I don't have any favorites, but this is one of them. Yeah. Um, I, right, it's I a great line. one of my favorite teachers <laughs> who used to say, we teachers don't have favorites. And Dave Jansen is one of so them, just, he used to say. <laughs> he never said, and Rolf Jacobson. You keep giving Dave Strong. Jansen a shout-out, so that's yeah, really great. Yeah, I give Dave a shout-out. I, I hope he's listening. Uh, but tell us a little bit about 30 out of all of them, why you landed here. Uh, psalm 30 is a psalm of uh, thanksgiving, or as some 
psalms people talk about a psalm of praise after having been delivered that is Mm -hmm. it sort of narrates an instance of having fallen deep into the pit and uh sort of a near-death experience and whether that near-death experience is literal the psalmist says i cried to you and you healed me you brought up my life from sheol a a near-death experience whether that's literal near-death experience Mm -hmm. or figurative near-death experience um the psalmist has experienced some powerful saving help from God, and then gives praise for it. I picked this psalm because, uh, first of all, that's my life. Um, Mm. My life is uh, a life of having been, having experienced over and over again God's redemptive and salvific help and guidance and providence and intervention and grace and forgiveness. And so it uh, it gives me the language for that. It's my own story. And particularly in the piece on the website, I refer to my own story about coming through cancer. And then it it has these two incredible passages that are so beautiful poetically, uh, which is, you know, why I especially picked up on Mm -hmm. Psalm 30. One thing I noticed from your article is that I had not noticed before with this psalm is just the sort of directionality of it, right? Mm. I raise you up for you have drawn me up. It's the way, I mean, the way poetry can do what prose cannot, Mm. which is sort of directs our attention upward. You lifted me right out, not sinking down. So there's almost a emotion inherent Mm. in this psalm. I use my own translation on the uh, website, especially to pull that part of it out. And, And even when the psalmist looks back and recalls his prayer, he says, what profit is there if I go down to the pit, mm-hmm, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's always back and forth in the psalm between the plane with this vertical axis between mm-hmm. going down you know, into the ground, nearly dying and being lifted up, and so raising up God in praise. Yeah, and that, I love that about it. And I love that the first really great line from this psalm, and it's, it could mean a range of things in Hebrew, but uh, the way I translate it is um, in verse 5. For his anger is momentary, but in his favor there is a lifetime of life. It's mm-hmm. uh, And weeping, it's usually translated weeping may linger for an evening or for the night, but really what it says is it's the verb to stay overnight. Weeping might overnight... <laughs> might spend the night. <laughs> for an evening. Yeah, that's what yeah. it says. Weeping <laughs> might overnight for a night... Huh. But in the morning, and then it just says the word joy, usually translated, but joy comes with the morning. But in, and you know, I think we all know that. You know, we talk, we talk about dark nights of the soul mm-hmm. when we're struggling, uh, and that might refer to, you know, a year or a season of a life. But then we'll talk about sunrise. So weeping might overnight for an evening. That is the, the, the dark periods, the, the difficult periods. In retrospect, looking back, they didn't last mm-hmm. that long. Mm-hmm. But in the morning... Joy, just that statement. But in the morning, joy, yeah. mm-hmm. and that sort of means and joy lasts. Joy mm-hmm. is the permanent mm-hmm. guest; mm-hmm. Uh, it moves into your house to stay. And then it uses the word living or lives in Hebrew. In his favor, lives. That could be translated. His favor lasts for a whole lifetime, uh, uh-huh. or it might mean in his favor there is life. Uh, and so I try to kind of I have it mean both things: ones, yeah. a lifetime yeah. of life. Yeah, that, that metaphor always makes me think of when my kids were smaller and you were up with them at 3 in the morning and you're convinced that no one else in the world is awake at the same time as you are. And I think part of that, 
the morning is then that moment you're like, all right, and now yeah. now the day has started. I'm no longer alone in the midst of this, right? And I think about that metaphor. I'm also really struck by um, as you were talking about the song, both in writing and here. It's not as if you've taken it and written on a poster or something that you kind of carry around with you, but that it's kind of interwoven in your life, that the way that you talk about your own experiences and the way that the psalm talks about the experiences of somebody a long time ago are, are interwoven, so that the psalm gives you language for talking about what you're going through um, and helps you understand how God might be in the, in the midst of that. And I wonder if there's a model there for how we think about Scripture, too, that it's not this kind of mechanical piece of advice, do this at this particular moment, but... Let these words inform and shape how you move through the world. Yeah, I think so. I think that's exactly right, that the Psalms invite us to reflect deeply and personally on our own spiritual life and our own relationship with God. I've found as I've gotten older that um, I talk more and more about my own spiritual life and experiences when I teach the Psalms. Mm. You know, maybe you wanna, when you first start off, or at least when you're in front of your colleagues and people are watching you be a biblical mm. scholar, you think you have to be objective or mm. distanced or something. And, and the, tell what Movinkle said, that's yeah, more right. important than your experience, <laughs> right. right? Well, it probably is, actually. But, uh, <laughs> but the more I do it, the more and more I talk about my own life, and the, and the more it means to others. Then recently, the more and more I've asked students to reflect and tell mm. their own personal stories in class, especially I'm using the sort of anonymous pieces of online things Mm. to tell about a time in life. I'm moved to tears in class by uh, people's stories. Because that's what the Psalms are, they're so personal, Mm. then we, we need to be personal when we teach others how to read them. And so I think uh, you're kind of leading me to talk about part of the post on the website. I talk about um, we students don't have favorite teachers, and one of mine was my high school German <laughs> teacher, Herr Rocky, uh, who when I first got sick with cancer in 10th grade, came over to the house and he brought me this ugly Gore-Tex Velcro wallet. I still carry it. It's, it's one time a video podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, <laughs> He got it at REI, and he uh, he brought it over to my house, and he, he actually had a little tour. And I don't talk about this on the article. In every little pocket, he had typed up a little note, hmm. and he'd put a five. Oh. Back, this was before the euro. I'm that old. That There was a five-mark bill, and, and it was this like, you know, hey, I was a sophomore in high school. When you're a senior, our, uh, your German class, we're all going to go to Germany, and this you're going to bring this wallet, and you'll be there. And uh and I was, and uh, and I brought that wallet to Germany, and I still carry the wallet, and it's uh, it's indestructible and it's ugly, <laughs> and so uh, but it means a lot to me because it, it, to me it's it's the encouragement I got from him and so many other teachers and members of my church, mm. and that looking back at that that night lasted a little while for me that was it was almost three whole years that night did last a long time of being sick, but uh, that was now you know gosh that's uh, I don't know twenty. 30 years ago, uh, 34, 35 years ago now. And so, you know, joy uh, has lasted a lot longer. People can read about that on the website. I want to talk about the other really great line in the psalm, too. Towards the end of the psalm, having talked about how God brought uh, the psalmist through this difficult time, then the psalmist, again, has this just heart-achingly beautiful close to the psalm. I mean, this is uh, in the poetry in the ancient Psalms, write your own Psalms class that they must have had in the uh, near the temple school. Um, this this one got an A, you know. <laughs> so the Psalm ends, and this is my translation again. You've turned my mourning into dancing. You stripped off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. 
so that glory itself sings about you and is not silent. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, I will praise you forever, or I praise you uh, constantly. Turning mourning, Mm. and this is uh, the spelling right, M-O-U-R, turning sadness into dancing is, and uh, stripping off a person's sackcloth, the the, the cloth of repentance, the cloth of mourning for for the death of a loved one, Mm. and being clothed with joy. But there's this vibrancy in kind of everyday, these everyday experiences of of both dancing and and, you know, putting on clothes every day, but now imagining that as these moments of transformation as well. And ends with this language of singing. Glory itself sings about you. Yes, is that's not my translation. Silent. Yeah. I love that. that. And that there is not silence, but there is this song, this noise, which, of course, the Psalms themselves were probably sung sure. in the liturgy so that that, you know, make a joyful noise is another idea echoed throughout the Psalter, mm-hmm. that this joy that the Psalms advocate is a musical one. Yeah. That was great, Ralph. Thanks for being with us, and thanks for sharing us a bit about your uh, favorite bit of Scripture. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.